ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the most famous words in motorsports with your host, Lugs and the Gas Man. Ladies and gentlemen, start your podcast. Hey folks, welcome back to another week of Raking Your Race. I'm your host, the Gas Man, with my co-host... Lugs. What's up, man? Lugs. So this week we are on episode seventy-nine, the Texas three-peat, and you'll understand why later, which you probably already know if you're listening <laughs> to the show, more than likely. And we will recap some news from the week, some exciting news from the week, and we will see later in the episode if anybody is able to knock off Jessica Mueller off the top of the fantasy standings. Fingers crossed. I have no idea what the points are, but. Yeah. I, I probably not since Harvick won is my guess. <laughs> yeah, you might be correct in that assumption, but yeah. we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there, folks. So anyway, stay tuned. Uh, if you're listening to us right now, if you're not subscribed to us, why the hell not? Please hit that subscribe button. Tell your friends. Help us get recognized. Yeah, some we need all the cred we can get. Notoriety. Yeah, there you go. Big words. Yeah, and this show is very much about, God damn it, every, <laughs> every week... You're you're popping your drink open sooner. sooner. You're sl- no, it's the same <laughs> every week. You're just getting slower and slower. Anyway, this week we are drinking the monster rehabs for this show. Woo! I need all the energy I can get to handle lugs tonight. Hey, sober October's over. Then why are we not drinking beers? <laughs> are you continuing? I know you're not continuing because you're heading to what Cabo or something. Uh, yeah, Mexico. So, I mean, you're going to be, I'm assuming you're staying at one of those places that's like all the drinks included. Yeah, all it's all inclusive food, booze, yeah, liquor. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll be participating. I think in it's called um, Hedonism. Hed- is that the name of the place you're staying <laughs> no, at? What? No. Have you never heard of that? I guess not. Yeah. Club, club Hedonism? Oh, my God. All right. Never mind. <laughs> I guess I'll have to research that later. Yeah, yeah, so. please do. Yeah, and we're supposed to maybe be joined by a special guest later. Uh, we'll see if they call in or not. So. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, folks, uh, let's get this show on the road. Make sure you follow us on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. We're mainly active on Facebook and Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, you can send me a snaps. I try to reply when I I sent can. you a snap today. Damn it. See, I never get reply. It doesn't notify me. You, Notifications I, are turned you, on. Did, did you uninstall it and reinstall it? Or log out and log back in? That's I logged you, out, logged back in, did not uninstall and reinstall hmm. it. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird because they'll do it for a couple of days and then I'll stop. Because you'll reply like three days later, like yeah. LOL. And I'm like, what the hell is the LOL in that? <laughs> yeah, you can't remember. I know. I know. I'm sorry. And, you know, the other people that communicate to us through that way, there's a couple of fans from the show that do send us stuff. I apologize. You're letting the fans down, man. I am. I am. I freaking, yeah. No Snapchat. You are letting our fans down. I'll place the blame somewhere else. No accountability on our part. So anyway, we'll get started here. So the cup race this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, I already talked about Monster Energy. Didn't I? Yeah, okay. So we're drinking Monster Energy. I already said that. <laughs> yeah. so, yes, you did. All right. all right. So let's talk about the cup race. Texas. The Texas 3P. Why do we call it the Texas 3P? Because Harvick's on a roll, man. On a roll. He must be butter because he's on a roll, right? Three playoff Texas race wins consecutively. That's impressive. It is. I I would. I honestly would not expect that. It's hard to win two times in Rome. It's really hard to win three times in Rome. He just makes it look easy, though, man. I mean, even on Sunday, his car, I mean, could get through traffic, could 
past people on no tires, two tires, four tires. It didn't matter, man. That car was badass. You trying to tell me there was passing in that race? Because I must have not seen that. There was. Yeah, there was some, yeah. You know what? Someone on um, social media had a poll. It might have been Drop the Jack, but saying how this race was tied with um, Talladega for the best race of 2019. There is absolutely no way. That's what I said. I'm like, how is that even close? No, not even close. I don't know what – you know what? Let's just talk about What's Jeff Glucks? Because there's no way. My guess – Last week, I said 50-50 for Martinsville. My guess is the same this week. Actually, I haven't looked it up. Let me look it up. Okay. So, I just, I mean, the race was okay, but it wasn't great. I think that part of the excitement was the first stage. Yeah, all those cautions. And, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but it felt like it was a pretty damn long race. Maybe it was because of those cautions. But, did you feel like that? Did you feel like it was longer than 500 miles? Yeah, I did. And, about halfway through, I kind of lost interest, kind of like in Martinsville a little bit. So I mean I was I sat there and watched it. It just wasn't keeping my attention. The first stage was crazy because I, I guess it's the, they kept talking about the PJ one compound on mm-hmm. on the broadcast. So I'm assuming they're talking about how it wasn't activated, it's actually becoming more slippery than, than what it should be, you know, stuff like that. So I don't know if um if uh that was a huge part of it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I saw a lot of people bad mouthing and trashing the reconfigured track, basically saying how it didn't deserve two races and this just wasn't a great product. But according to Jeff Gluck's poll, this is the lowest poll we've had in a while. Forty-five percent said yes, it was forty-five, and it's supposed to be with the twenty nineteen Talladega race. Uh, who was saying that? You think Drop the Jack? I think was? Dra- Drop the Jack had. There's no absolutely no. Or maybe way. it was uh, Motor Racing Media. I can't remember. It was one of those two. Yeah, there's there's um, absolutely no way. The highest rated there would be the 2019 spring race. So earlier this year, I don't really remember the 2019. That was the one Hamlin won. I don't really remember that being exceptionally well, but I mean, that was only 69%. So Yeah, I'm trying to remember. That's, and that's the yeah. highest polled you know, race. So I, I don't know, man. I don't feel like Texas is really producing that great of a product. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you on that, man. Absolutely agree with not, you on not that. Not bashing on Sunday, but, you know, it just nothing wild me. I'll just put it that way. Um, aside from some of the cautions. So uh, let's talk about those. I mean, first, like we said, first um, segment, first stage, there was a, uh, there was a, uh, a, lot of cr- a lot of crashes there. And two people alone, well, I guess actually three, four people spun on their own. You had Hamlin, you had Chase, Keselowski, and Stenhouse. I mean, Keselowski and Stenhouse were kind of at the same time. <laughs> but they were not related. I mean, they, they were. Kind they of, yeah. You know, right? they're talking about getting off the gas yeah. and it causes Jumping jump out. Around, but yeah. essentially, I mean, they were right there riding that, that cushion of where that PJ1 was, whether it was act, fully activated or wasn't or whatever the case was. But I can't remember a race where we've seen so many cars just, like, lose it on their own. I think the last time was probably like um, a Talladega or Daytona race. Daytona, yeah, definitely. When- hey, you talking about cars getting loose. It's not like these are ill-driving people. I mean, we're talking about Jimmy Johnson. We're talking about Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski. We're talking about guys who can wheel the car. Yeah, for that, about that, Jimmy Johnson, yeah, as well. That yeah. were wheeling it. Yeah, Johnson was having a great day, actually. Mm-hmm. And he was on actually the bottom. Actually laps, yeah. Yeah, he wasn't even in the PJ1. He was on the bottom and just lost it. Yep, yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, just kind of crazy there. Um, but 
you know, you'll have those days, I guess. Unfortunately. And uh, Chase is getting that, burned, that, man. That burned. You know, Doug Chase an even deeper hole. Uh, we already knew he had to win. I mean, that doesn't yeah. change anything. So he's got to go to Phoenix to win. The question is, can he? I mean, Phoenix has been a pretty okay race for him. I, I just don't know if he can pull out a win. Like, obviously, the competition right now is the strongest it's going to be. So you've got also four other people that are going to be on the same strategy. Larson, Blaney, and now Hamlin all on the outside looking in. So can one of those guys score the upset and steal a win this weekend? Absolutely. I, yeah, I mean, they could. And I absolutely think that one of those guys did take the win. It would be considered an upset. Who's the front runner? I, I would definitely say, uh, I, I mean, I'm just have to go with Chase, man. Just, just really? he's had so much bad luck. It's got to turn around at some point, right? I'd say Hamlin. I think Hamlin. No, I mean, okay, so Hamlin's. I guess you say true front runner. Yes, because of his rest of the season, the way it's gone for him, he's been so strong. Um, I was just saying Chase because I just feel like luck. Ha- you can't have four bad races in a row, mm-hmm. or can you? Ask Clint Boyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't. He's had about just... thirty six bad races. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, and here's the thing: is if they do, who gets kicked out? You got Kyle Busch with a twenty two point cushion and Joey Logano with a twenty point cushion. So one of those two would get knocked out, right? But who is it? They're pretty close to each other in the points. I don't know. Uh, Logano, I mean, he did salvage a good rate, a good finish at Texas, but he did not hold on. He's not staying in out. He's holding on. Start the race well. No, uh, first top five though. Yeah, I mean, he he got what he had to, but I mean, I'm never going to discount that guy if he makes it to Homestead for for the championship because look what he did last year. But who uh, is going to be the first person to, I guess, muscle their way into the to the top four of, of those? I mean. I, I think Phoenix is going to be intense this weekend. I do too. And are we going to see some more intentional spinning? Okay, let's let's talk about the spinning. That's like the white elephant in the room, or whatever it's called, right? <laughs> the white <laughs> elephant in the room. I've never heard that saying. Okay, I've heard so, the elephant in the room, but okay. never the white elephant. I think it's a Christmas racist. thing. I don't Sound, know. That's a game for Christmas. Yeah. yeah okay, I think it just I mix those two. Like, shut it's up. like dirty shut Santa, up. man. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> It doesn't matter what color elephants in the room. That's not the point. The point is there's an elephant in the room about the spinning. And is NASCAR going to do anything about it? No. No. I mean, how do you police that? Unless you're Dale Jr. and come on the radio and you tell everybody you spun on purpose. How do you police that? Yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, I don't think you can. I mean, even Helen Keller sees it. But I think that, I mean, if you got a flat tire... Spin yourself out. I mean, there's your defense right there. Yep. Hey, I had a flat yep. tire. I couldn't hold on to it. I mean, NASCAR is not going to be able to prove whether you did or didn't do it maliciously, right? No, no, not at all. And let's be honest. Every single one of them have done it at some point exactly. in their career. Exactly. But I think that we'll see it again this weekend. Something, <laughs> something is, crazy like Something that? crazy is going to happen this weekend. I absolutely... I mean, it's, it's dire situations, right? You have eight guys... Going for four spots. There's bound to be something yeah, to six, happen. Six for, yeah. Oh, no, no, Two no. Two are no, locked no. in. Oh, okay. I guess. I, I guess you're right. Yes. I, I didn't take that in consideration. You are right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, uh, I just absolutely think Phoenix is going to be crazy. I hope that they televise 
it at the resort I'm going to because I really would like to be at least keep tabs finish. on it. And the other thing is, I don't even know, like, is my data plan international? Like, I don't know if I'm going to even be able to keep my eye on Twitter, dude. <laughs> I feel like I'm going, I'm going to I, Mars. I don't know. I think you should have uh, did some pre-planning and already had that figured out. Well, I've got I've got two days left. I, it's fine. <laughs> I got my bag somewhat packed already. I'm okay. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm not completely procrastinating. Yeah. So I will inform you that my phone plan does not include Italy. So I'm going to have to buy a SIM card when I get to Italy to put it on my phone so I can attempt to have dad on my phone or attempt to make a text just in case. Emergency reasons. I need I need something. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just going to be using it for Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Yep. yep. And I know the resort will have that, so I just don't know how what kind of span it will have. So Yeah. I don't know. As we'll you're see. lounging next to the infinity pool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm As sure you're in the distance watching cartels shoot each other, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know, man. All Daniel's amigos, maybe they were, maybe they're down there and they're, cool. they're, they're race fans. I don't know. Yeah, I don't awesome. know how many time, uh, how often that's some, uh, requested. Well, take some business card business, some of our podcast cards with you to give them out to people there. Put them at the resort. Put them in your room. Hand them out to people. I'm sure I, you're I do. I am taking a couple of koozies. That was more for my own use, though. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know. I we'll see. I'll, I'll I'm sure they've they've got like all kinds of TVs in the bars and shit. So no, I'm sure. And talking about koozies, we have a couple of fans that I owe koozies to, and I don't want you to know I did not forget about you. I'm actually um, have a surprise coming in the mail in the next couple of days. It's something I ordered, and uh, I will be getting some of those items sent to you as well. So I've been waiting for those to come in. And actually, I have any total lugs about this. Yeah, thing, I have so. no idea what you're talking about. Anyway, exciting. Yeah. yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you off the air. So I want to surprise our our couple of people that are cool. Yeah. Um, if you're playing our fantasy league, email me your address as well, wreckingrace at gmail so I can try to get some of these out to you as well. Nothing fantastic, just nice little novelty items. Sweet. So going back to the spinning and not spinning, the, the comment that Larson made, Helen Keller could see it. <laughs> Yeah. I was like, oh my God, did he just really say that? <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Yes, and nobody did. really even commented on it. So, whatever. I guess people are. Well, immune. Steve O'Donnell seemed to be offended by it. Really? Well, that too. I mean, it's Steve O'Donnell. He's kind of a douche at times anyway. Hmm. Yeah. But, uh, you know, he's talking about how they'll look into the spins. I just stuff, don't think you can police it. Like, you, you can't. It's going to be almost impossible. Unless you see someone like turn around and go backwards on the track. Like, that's, I mean, I don't see how you're going to police it like Bubba Bubba had the flat tire but I mean obviously Bubba spun he spun and then got going Bubba the yellow hat came out and then he spun again and did like this like Scandinavian flick to like <laughs> yeah. spin out and I'm like Scandinavian what? flick dude okay <laughs> never heard of it no I you worked the uh BMX industry for a while so you probably know a lot no, it's more actually terms. a rally cross term oh my bad yeah okay. it's uh basically you'll if you're gonna essentially drift into a corner you'll counter steer right before you go into it to throw the weight of the sure, car okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so okay google it or youtube is some so some good videos i kind of had a fun with that today so i was sitting at lunch at work and i made a couple of memes because you know that whole jeffrey epstein thing going around yeah bubba's fun yeah so i made a couple of memes we're on the bottom i put bubba's fun <laughs> just like had nothing to do with it then i just on put our it page bottom. yeah i didn't even see him yeah so there's a couple of memes that i i created i will take 100 percent artist creativity on that 
during my lunch. Water market. Might, yeah, I should. Might, yeah. might make us famous. Maybe no, Nascarism or whatever his name will retweet it. <laughs> yeah, probably not. I didn't put it on our Twitter page. I just put it on Facebook. Ah. Maybe I should put it on Twitter. Yeah, we need we need more Twitter followers. We do. We have 725-ish. We need a lot more Facebook followers. We're at 433. I feel like, I don't know, we get pretty good engagement on Facebook, even with the smaller amount, but I feel like Twitter we don't necessarily... Yeah, like, I, I don't I see as many likes. Con- yeah, I think as actual conversations, we get a lot more on Facebook. Facebook. We appreciate you, the fans, for doing that. Yeah. yeah we love it. Sure. We love the interaction. Uh, blah, 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 blah. What else we got, man? Okay, let's talk about this. The infield turf. Yeah, so that played a part potentially in the cup race with Denny Hamlin. When Denny spun, yep, went through the infield and jacked his car all up. Um, Charlotte put down AstroTurf, essentially. Yes. Should that be done at all the tracks? Should it? Yes. Now, does it financially make sense? Maybe over time. I mean, they can't just. That's probably a huge investment. And be you like, think so? Yes. Oh, what, yeah. what's it cost to AstroTurf at NFL Stadium? Oh, any, I'm, any idea? I I'm sure it's fifty grand more than that. I say it's probably more than that. Yeah. So our local football team in the town that we're from just got to AstroTurf on the field. I think that was like seventy five thousand. They got a grant for or something like that for Shit. our small ass football field. Damn. I got a business idea for us then. Yeah, right. <laughs> huh? All right. Well, I mean that makes that makes a little more sense, but still. So a racetrack like Texas, that's like what probably six or more football fields worth of grass they would have to do. Yeah, I, don't I would know. say it's I would hard say to be, estimate that. I would say that'd be half a million to a million dollar investment. Plus, I mean, is that I, I'm assuming that would include the labor costs? Or I would just, assume so. Yeah. You know, just material wise, it'd probably be half that. I don't know, but. I don't know. I would have saved Dale Jr. in, what was that, like 2014 <laughs> yeah. when he... Hit the edge. Yeah, yeah. and I saw quite a few guys kind of yeah. dip in, dip yeah. out there. Um, so I, I don't know if they smoothed that yeah. out, but... With the splitter, man, you just can't not take that risk. Right. So I don't know. I think it's definitely something that they should, you know, start rolling out. I get, I get it if, if SMI can't do it at every track, you know, yeah. by 2020, yeah. but yeah, I do think it's something that they need to do because if Hamlin you know, didn't suffer that damage, he he would have came back and salvaged something from that. I mean, he didn't hit anything so is aside it, from... You said SMI, but is it SMI anymore, or is it NASCAR now? Cause didn't yeah, they... Yeah, whoever, who knows. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah. Uh, other thing, and I, I hate bringing this up, but it's, again, it's the white elephant in the room. <laughs> uh, the crowd size, man. Like... Yeah. It, it... And I'm going to put put you in a box here f1 had their race the same day yep. Yep. two hours away yep. in austin yep. did that have anything to do with it Ab- absolutely i think it had a, actually a large part to do with it no now See, i, I say a know. large I, part but we've seen it as a, as a trend across the whole all tracks right yeah absolutely so so i say a large part i don't think a large part but i do think it played in, it had a hand in it some of the things that I was seeing on Facebook and Twitter was, I would say 75% of the fans were saying no. Like, it it doesn't impact it. Like, I wouldn't go to an F1 race. I live three, four, five hours from here, and I wouldn't go to the F1 race. But then there was other people that were saying, yeah, I had to choose, and I chose F1, or I chose NASCAR, sure. or I, you know whatever the case was. Yeah, so I mean, if you're on the edge, like like, you're just a racing fan, you don't really... 
necessarily follow one sport or the other sport, which one would you choose to go to? And I think F1, and the only reason why I would say that is because it's a novelty item. You have a lot more chances to see a NASCAR event than you do a F1 event. That's so true. I think some people will be driven to that just because it's a little bit more unique for that weekend. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that is the only yes. North American F1 race. So I get. I guess I could get that, yeah. So, Lugs, en- enough of the F1 crap. Let's actually focus on NASCAR. This is what our show is supposed to be. You follow me, bro? No. Why not? <laughs> I just ask a simple question. You know, bring F1 into it. You got to get your panties in a bunch. Well, let, let me unbunch them by not talking about it anymore. Do that. All right. So, you know, one thing I also I was going to talk about in regards to the race was guess who got a lug nut penalty this week? Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. That is, man, I swear, the money. It doesn't they, mean anything. It though. doesn't mean anything, but the money. I mean, just like, oh, my gosh, how you're bleeding. A small team. Yeah, I'm getting on my soapbox. <laughs> A small Slamming team, your hands on the desk here. A small team can be funded on a freaking fine. They could buy a lot of tires for them, that's for sure. Yeah, $10,000 a fine, and they've probably spent, I'm willing to bet, almost a half a million dollars. Really thinks that meant that many? I was going to say hundred grand, but. Well, that's 10 races. hundred grand mm-hmm. is 10 races. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to say there's been near damn near 20. So let's say two, a quarter million dollars on freaking lug nut penalties. <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit excessive, but hey, you know what? I mean, if it's benefiting them, you're right. I mean, leaving I don't that, know if it's leaving that one not, lug so. nut is getting them out of the pit box and getting I, them those five wins he's got this year. Then. I guess so. I, don't, I guess so. And, and the last thing about the race I was going to talk about is Joe Hunter. Uh, Joe, my God, I am so <laughs> such an idiot. John Hunter Nemechek uh, made his race, his cup debut, and yes. his dad was actually in the same race. Yeah. And he actually uh, bested 21st, his dad. Man. Yeah. yeah, 21st for your first and cup he, race. I feel like it's pretty decent and showing. And front row has, what, three cars? Yeah. Reagan, McDowell, and him, right? Mm-hmm. Or him for this race. Or for the rest of the season, I guess. Yeah, for Tiff, yeah. yeah. He was the best finishing front row car, too. Yeah. That's, finished better than uh, McDowell. Probably going to open some eyes. Yeah, exactly. I think the I think the boy's got some talent. Yeah. I, I mean, his dad in his prime had some talent, too. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's move on to Xfinity then. Yeah. What's there to talk about? <laughs> actually, actually, I think the Xfinity race was a lot better than a cup race. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, Bell ended up coming out with the win. I was. I would almost say Bell dominated just because he led a lot, but there was some battling back and, and back forth between him and him and um, Reddick. Yeah. And then Reddick crashed <laughs> by himself, basically. Uh, unfortunate then you have Cindric who was doing good for a while yeah yeah I think that uh, Reddick actually had something for Bell sure. I wanted to see them race it out man race it out and then uh, Reddick had his issue and just basically lost control down the backstretch and, and crashed out so hated to see that happen but um, you know he still came out of there with a decent points cushion so I still think he's going to be just fine for sure. Homestead. So it's going to be Custer. Bell's now locked in. And then Reddick, question is again, who is that fourth, fourth driver? Yeah. I, I actually was thinking for a moment, it'd be like Cindric was out. So if he got that win, then it's like, wow, oh, yeah, it'd be great. It would know, be for him. kind so, of an upset. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, the fourth spot, I don't know. I mean, Gregson had a rough race. 
Yeah, got into the infield, damaged his car. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So tough to see that. Um, but, yeah, you know, again, Justin Allgaier, maybe. Yeah. I'm trying to pull up the standings currently to see exactly how far out. So right now, Allgaier is holding the fourth position. Uh, next, you've got Briscoe, Annette, Sendrick, and then uh, Noah Gregson. So Noah is in a must. I mean, all of these four guys are in a must win. Uh, I mean, Chase Briscoe might be able to outpoint Justin Allgaier. He's about 20 points behind Allgaier, though. So he's really going to have to take charge of uh, yeah. ISM to outpoint Allgaier. I think those four guys are going to have to probably go out and win to to place yeah, in the top I, four. I think so. I think so too. Um, which you know, that's kind of what happened last year with Reddick. Yeah, he had I think one win the whole season that in the nine car, uh, the season opener Daytona race kind of went through the whole year and was was consistent had speed, made the final four, and then went to Homestead and boom just drove his ass off and won that championship when everybody else kind of was looking at Elliot Sadler and they were looking at um, Al Geyer, you know? So who's to say this isn't something that isn't something Al Geyer does this year. He does what Reddick did, did last year in the nine car, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited for Homestead, man. I can't wait. In all series, not just. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's been exciting. I, I, if, Again, I'll, I say before, but I have started to become a really big fan of the chase. It's just it increased intensity. It's just it's made it fun. It's kind of livened it up a little bit. It just made it fun. Yeah, so. and actually, from uh, Bob Bob Pockris today, hey, it's Bob Pockris. He somebody tweeted and said, "So, is there any news on RCR running an Xfinity series next year? Because there really hasn't been any news. Yeah, there hasn't been anything. I mean, so we, we know Reddick's moving up to Cup. Yeah, we've kind of been bouncing ideas, but we and don't know anything. RCR did confirm that they are going to run at least one, but looking to run potentially two Xfinity uh, race teams next year. So, so I'm curious to know who Hemmert would be... going back down? I don't know. Man, I don't... Oh. And, and if they do run two, who would slot in that second spot? Shane Meal? Jeb Burton, maybe? Could be. Could be I, I, Truex. Ryan Truex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think there's talent available. You got Zane. You got, yeah. you got I mean, Zane. You, there are you got t- there's talent available. Zane, Jeb, and Truex rotating yeah. one ride. I mean, yeah. you'd think it's got to go to one of those guys because they've all performed in that car. Yeah. So why not one of them? I, th- I, I could, And I could see it being Jeb, and here's the reason why. Is because Jeb's got, he's a country boy. He's a good fit. Country, yeah, exactly. And then he's also got some state water heaters, LS tractor that kind of back him. Mm-hmm. That would be obviously sponsorship, right? Yeah, it's That's all huge. in that RCR world. Yeah, and actually, I seen Jeb post something today about we've got some news coming soon, and then it was like hashtag LS tractor. Hmm. So I just I was curious. I didn't think anything about the the. Childress route until we're talking now. Yeah. Uh, but to me, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, I it, mean, and his uncle did a race for RCR once. Yeah. Not that that matters, but. So what's going on with Shane Mule? Is he, is there any news there? I mean, whatever happened to him? He was basically, they basically came out and said that he was being released from his contract, right? And then that was it, right? Never heard anything else Shane about it. Shane Meal? Yeah. 
When? You talking about like years ago? No, it was this year, wasn't it? No, man, he's been paralyzed for a couple of years now. Who am I thinking of? I Not have Shane no. Beal. Oh, Shane Lee. Shane Lee. Sorry. Shane Lee. No, sorry. no, I'm like, what? I Shane, was confused. Shane Lee, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. my bad. Yeah, I mean, okay, so Emil, like, historically in the past, had association and stuff like that with them, uh, with that group. But no, he was, uh, that guy was injured in a, uh, like, an actual sprint car wreck or something and actually became paralyzed. But he had a lot of drug issues, you know, demons and stuff like that he was working through. But uh, you mean Shane uh, Shane Lee. Gotcha. Yeah, so Shane, uh, that's another thing is, you know, that. I think he's got talent. It's like, what do you do with that? Does, does RCR bring him back? Because the whole H2 Motorsports fiasco, mm-hmm. I don't know. But Shane was good. I, I like Shane. So With the whole Circuit City yeah, thing. Yeah, that, that big. Like I said, it's a fiasco. I don't so. know why I said Shane Meal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess, uh, name just, association, I guess. It's in the brain, brain fart, you know, from the hist- history. Yeah. Um... Well, okay. I think that pretty much. I mean, not a whole lot else happened in that in that Xfinity no, race. So, but um, we do have some good news to talk about. Not initially good news, but we got a lot of news to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, since we're just talking about Xfinity, I'll go that route real quick. You know, big news for our buddy Vinny and Matt Mills. Yeah, it's been confirmed that they're coming back to BJ McLeod next year. Yeah, that's um, awesome. That's awesome. I was actually just thinking about that like a week or two ago, and I was wondering like, oh man, uh, what's what's going so on? So I was thinking about it too because. Here recently, we've seen them switching cars a lot. Yeah. And I would love to have... Switching numbers, yeah. Yeah, so I'd love to have them on the show to talk about it. Uh, they were supposed to be on the show one day, but we had to cancel. But, uh, well, I'm sure we'll have them on again. I'm sure I'll just have to... Yeah, we'll get them in their, hit, in hit their uh, postseason when things so. cool off a little bit. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. Um, yeah, so awesome news there. Uh, also, this... Uh, well, we we'll just... Are we doing overall news? Or are yeah, we we're doing Xfinity? overall. I just, okay. Since we're talking about Xfinity, that's why I brought that up. Uh, Kurt Busch announced he signed a multi, multi-year deal with Chip yeah. Ganassi and Monster Energy, which we knew we we knew Monster was coming back and was very excited to be a part of that package, but a multi-year deal. It was, to me, it was shocking. Yeah. I was expecting a one, if they if they announced a new deal, it'll be a one year deal. Yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I'm yeah, so am I. I. I Kurt is Kurt's really grown well. on me a lot. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Uh, other Bush news: Kyle Bush is going to be running the Rolex Twenty Four in in January. He'll be in one of the Lexus cars with the uh, Lexus team. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see how he fares in in that setting. I'm sure he'll do fine. Yep. There's some really big news. Talking about other big series, big. other series besides big Junkie F1 or you know <laughs> Rolex series. But anyway, NASCAR news involving a owner that mm-hmm. happened this week. Mm-hmm. I mean, like really big news. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about. The captain. The captain. Yeah, Roger Penske buying Indy, Indianapolis Motor Speedway from the Holman family. Mm-hmm. And to top it off, not just that, the whole damn series. Yeah. And the rumor is he spent three three $350 million on that. Three hundred and fifty million for the track I and the whole series. I feel like that's pretty cheap. Exactly. I feel like that's really cheap. If that number is correct that I've seen or I heard, holy shit! Yeah, that's. I mean, you. I think the track would go for that. Man, they say the Cowboys are worth four billion dollars. One franchise, four billion. You have a whole series and the most historic track in the world. Yeah. Three hundred fifty million. What? It doesn't add up, does it? No. Why? 
I wonder why they, how they got to that number. I don't know, because just not too long ago, the Holman family said, no, 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 the track's not up for sale. Hmm. Did they lure him out with an extra $20,000? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll give you a free Pinsky rental. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's crazy, man. It does seem really cheap. And, and maybe the numbers I didn't see were right. They That's were just... all, yeah, I mean, uh, they're already talking today about potentially putting lights there. Like, like oh, the president, the president of Pinsky was already saying like they're considering it, but they wanted to know how they would benefit from it if it would be worth, you know. I tell you right now, the cash the influx in July, you make it a Saturday night race. I'm there, buddy. Yeah, to at least try it once. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. it would make it a lot more tolerable. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. I would really like to see that. Yeah. I, I'm with you, man. But they, I think he estimated it'd be around twenty million dollars just to light it. So who they, gives a shit? You just spent. You just got to. Well, you that's just what I'm stole saying. The damn uh, that's track. what I'm saying though. Th- twenty million versus three hundred fifty million. You came out ahead, bud. You can put the twenty <laughs> yeah, million yeah, yeah, into exactly, the track. Exactly. Exactly. I think you could probably flip the bitch for like <laughs> yeah. twice that. So I'm sure. I'm sure some investment group would buy it. It's gonna be the next HGTV series. <laughs> Flip this track. Flip this track. <laughs> Throw some lights on it. Yeah. Put in some new kitchen cabinets. It's ready to go. <laughs> um, so yeah, but that's that's cool, man. Um, I don't know. I, I'm curious to know what this means for IndyCar though, and with all these changes that's going on in NASCAR. I mean, this feels like it's out of left field for IndyCar, right? Like, what does this mean for them? Does it mean anything? I, I don't know. I heard that, and again, I don't know how accurate this info is, is that the track, Indy Motor Speedway, was like the most profitable thing within the Indy circuit, and that the actual series itself did not hardly make any money. Hmm. So it's all the track making the money. It's then. all the track making the money. Well, now they're... Now it's gonna be Roger Penske. Yeah, <laughs> he's got him. Yeah, doesn't matter. Oh if no, it's... not Roger, Roger Penske. Penske Entertainment Group. Yeah, well, separate entity. <laughs> no, all right, it's not. but his name's <laughs> yeah, at yeah, the I top of the paper. Let's put it yeah. that way. So yeah, I'm excited to hear what this means for you know to be continued essentially. But I'm excited to know what this means for that. And series. all the I know all the people that said, oh, maybe Indy should lose their race. Blah blah. No, Penske's all about keeping it. Indy needs NASCAR. NASCAR needs Indy. Yeah, Again, the most historic track. I know that the fan turnout there has not been ideal the last, I don't know, I guess you could probably argue decade, but because it's been decreasing, it seems like, each year. But the racing product's actually gotten better the, the last five years, sure. I feel like. And so starting next year, it's going to be 4th of July weekend. It's going to be Haas Balls. But if they do a night race, then you could do a big firework display. You could turn it into a freaking event. Yeah, but can they do? Can they light it? And I mean, it's November now. Seven oh hell months. yeah, they could. I mean, they wouldn't change it to a night race next year already anyway because they've already had it on the schedule. But going forward, I mean, if you keep the same weekend, Fourth of July weekend, why couldn't they? I mean, technically Texas wasn't or this this Xfinity race Saturday night was not supposed to be a night race, and then yeah, it didn't even start. They're until, starting until like almost nine o'clock. It's crazy, like, I know. I'm like getting ready to crawl in bed. Yeah. I'm like, damn, what the hell happened? I actually did fall asleep during it. Because I actually looked up like a, a few weeks in advance to see if there was any more night races, and it was a totally different start time. Huh. So I don't, I, you know, and I actually, I, I don't know if you saw this, I tweeted Bob yeah, Pockers, yeah, I seen and he replied, yeah. 
and just said, hey, you know, it, it was set up with the provider, you know, NBC Sports, essentially. And yeah. They work with the networks to come up with the start times, and that's what they came up with. So, I don't know, it seems a little crazy to me that they would wait to such a last minute. But who's to say they couldn't do that with Indy or have it end under the lights like they are with, with Martinsville? Sure, sure. I, I mean, technically, yeah, they could. It'd be awesome if they did that. And uh, seven months to install lights, yeah, they could do that, trust me. Mm-hmm. Easily. Yeah. So... All right, let's move on to some more news. Uh, so there was some more. There's some Xfinity, other Xfinity news that came out this week that Riley Riley Herps is going to skip the whole. He made a couple Xfinity starts here and there, but he's yeah. actually uh, going to be taking over full time. Joe Gibbs is now going to have three full time cars next year: the 18, the 19, and the 20. Hmm. So you're going to have Riley in the 18, you're going to have Brandon Jones in the 19, and you're going to have Harrison Burton in the 20. So three full-time cars next year. Interesting. And then if Childrick goes goes to two, are we seeing an economical turn that people are starting to invest back into the sport? I hope Why? so. I yeah. hope so. I mean, you had an I announcement. Was, I was really hour. hoping Ganassi would come back into it with the whole DC solar crap. And yeah, when that happened, they pulled out. I really liked seeing Ganassi in the fold too. Just the more top tier organization, or the the most the more organizations, the better for that series in general. But, you know, if you can get Ganassi or somebody big like that back into it, I mean, that's only going to boost the overall series. So it'd be nice to see them get back into it. I'm curious to know why Chip isn't, if it's sponsor-related or otherwise. But Sure. Um, yeah, man. So, I mean, some. What, I mean, what's your thought of that driver lineup? So I was going to bring that up because another podcast made this comment about um, this – this is going to be the most laughable season ever for Joe Gibbs or something like that. And Harrison Burton. Black and Riley, flag. Yeah, this black f- flag. Uh, Matters. Yeah. Yeah. D- D- Darren Gilliam. Um, anyway, he made that comment, and Harrison Burton and Riley both commented so on it. something like, keep laughing or, yeah. or we'll show all you. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. make any comments. Just we'll see. Yep. Uh, let's see here, man. So we, we heard some news this week, uh, on talking more about RCR, the cup side of things. Uh, so Reddick moving up into the eight car is actually going to bring his Xfinity series crew chief, uh, up with him, which is Randall Burnett. So it'll be interesting to see if they can recreate the chemistry that they have had this year in Xfinity and cup. Yep. Yep. Very curious to see that how that plays out. And Luke Lambert will be switching from the eight car going over to uh, Chris Busher's car, uh, the 17 with Roush next year. So I wonder how much of a change is it going from a Chevy to a Ford? Probably not a whole lot because it's the same components essentially. Less pony, less pointier nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although next year Chevy's going to have less pointier nose with the new. ZL1LE. L-E. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's that big of a difference. It's just just enough though. For one season it's just enough. Just a tip. I think it's just a, to come. <laughs> yeah, I think it's just a marketing ploy really. Honestly, I mean, yeah. what's going to be the difference? Yeah. Um and we talked about that last week how there's no way they could do a whole new car. Yeah, hold on. We talked about that last week. I said that they wouldn't. I know you said that. And they're not. 
Not a whole car. They're doing it. They're still doing a car change. But though. just like you said, what's going to be the freaking difference? It, there's going to be none different. No, no difference. difference. Yeah. And then like you're like raping me on social media about it. <laughs> I just called you out because you're like, no, that's not going to happen. And it's not. <laughs> it, 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 it's basically, te- it's basically it taking off the SS sticker and putting a one LE on there. It's a different Ooh. car. It's a different car. It's a different car. Technically, I was right. It's not. It's the same damn car. <laughs> the nose is less pointier. Slightly. It's a little bit more aerodynamically efficient. <laughs> You're just making this up. <laughs> it's uh, two thousandths of an inch off the ground. Uh, whatever. You're not a crew chief. You don't know. All right. Uh, let's see. What else kind of news? <laughs> Other news. Uh, Brandon Jones is running a DuPont truck this week at ISM, the truck series. A DuPont? Yeah. DuPont. Truck? Not DuPont. Exalta. Not Exalta. DuPont. What? Yeah, hold on. Is it a Chevy truck or Toyota? Uh, I saw it on Reddit. Let me look. That blows my mind. Why? I do. Okay. What, I thought DuPont was defunct, as in like it's all been rebranded. Well, it, they still have the the crop, the agriculture. Okay, I, I didn't think about that. It's just the automotive part that they did, and uh, looks to be a. Looks to be a Tundra. Yeah. It's the 51. So it's for, it's, it's on Kyle Bush. Yeah, it's a Tundra. Isn't that crazy? I, I can't, I have it in my mind, and I know it's not even related really, but DuPont on a something other than a GM product, a Chevy product. Right, right. But yeah, it's got to be the agricultural because, you know, like I said, the automotive, that turned into Exalta. Uh, other truck news, Austin Hill has re-signed with Hattori Racing for next year. So I expect to see him back in his same truck next year. Well, good for him. He's been very competitive this year. Yeah. And again, like, you know, you see Riley Herbst just completely jump over the series, but then you got like Brett Moffitt, Brett Moffitt and Austin Hill who yeah. are staying in the series. What? I don't I, We need to get them on the show so we can ask him why. <laughs> we should. Um, let's see. What other news? Oh, what other news? Chase Briscoe it got an extension for next year. Did he? Yeah. So he'll be back in the '98 Xfinity car next year. All right. Uh, did you see the Hertz cars up for pre-sale? <laughs> the diecast car with Lionel Racing. If you want to purchase it, let me tell you, the stripes do make a huge difference, but it's still an ugly ass car. <laughs> Did you like my post? Uh, sure, I loved your post. That's why I messaged you earlier and said, I love your post. <laughs> it's not what it said, <laughs> but thanks. Um, one last thing, actually a couple, two last things that I've got, and then we'll get to some points. Uh, 49th career cup win for Harvick, man. Yeah, Where do huge. you think he can get to? And I think uh, he's going to race two or three more seasons from kind of what Bubba's his comments, <laughs> from what his comments have kind of alluded to. Where do you see him reaching to? 55. Really? I see, I, see, I just see him retiring soon. I mean, I just think at some point he's going to be like, I need family time or something. Okay, but that's only six wins from now, man. Yeah, no. That's like two seasons. Maybe not. Maybe not. I think Harvick is getting better the older he gets. Honestly. Oh, he's like a fine wine. Yeah. So... Man, I, think, I I mean I, I love Harvick. I think you'll get driver. to sixty. I like him a lot, you know. I think yeah. you will get to sixty. You think so? You know, I would I would I don't know. I'd say fifty five because it's just my mind. Because everybody s- was saying that he was getting out of the car and he was going to get in the broadcast booth, 
and he shut him down pretty good. Yeah. I think he likes what it, where his career is at. I he's changed got my the, mind. He's got the changed kiddos. Changed my mind. 58. <laughs> he's got the kiddos at the trek every weekend. I mean, I think he, I You're think burping he's got a lot. I think he's got a ways to go. Usually I'm the one burping when I'm drinking I beer. Had hic- and... I had like a hiccup. It wasn't really a burp. Okay. Thanks for pointing it out, though. Sure. I mean, I, th- I think our uh, fans get... No, it's happening. <laughs> uh, and then the last thing that I have is we've talked about the the racing apparel website, Driver Direct Apparel, a few times. Yes. It's been a while, but uh, how they had some cool stuff on there. Um, I don't know what's going on with the website, but it's transitioned over to another website called hmm. R- <laughs> com. If you go to driverdirectapparel.com, it will take you to the new website. But they have a lot of sales going on. So basically like 50% off a lot of their current stuff. So you can get a lot of Chase Elliott and Chase Briscoe. And uh, I mean, just a lot of people that have been a part of the Driver Direct Apparel website hmm. um, for like 50% off. So go check that out. I don't know if they're just... I don't know, re, cool. re, getting ready for 2020 or what, but um, there's some good sales on there. I hope they keep it because I like a lot of the schemes and the shirt designs and stuff, hat designs that they had on that site. I hope they bring that style back. A lot of iRacing stuff on there too. So go check that out if you need some new clothes, racing apparel clothes. Uh, all right, let's get into some fantasy points. Before we go to fantasy points, let's go to no. our, our Andy Seuss uh, interview. I already did that. We've done the interview. We haven't <laughs> placed it into our show yet. So here is Andy Sue's for your pleasure. This is a good interview. Yeah. All right, folks. We are joined by Andy Seuss. Well, Andy, what's happening, man? Not a whole lot. Just here at the race shop, finishing up and uh, talking to you guys. Yeah. So uh, you're at the like. Do you partake with repairs on the car or setting the cars up or like how hands on are you? Uh, I do it also. I mean, we got a great crew of guys, uh, you know, a couple full-time guys now, but you know, I, I've done it all through the growing our motorsports and in, in the ARCA program, and actually tonight we're staying late. Our tire guy who is actually an electrician, Pat is here wiring up, uh, part of the new shop. So that's why we're staying late. <laughs> so we do a little bit of everything. That That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, uh, per the release that we've seen, um, you guys are bringing in some GMS cars, right? You guys are building a new shop? Yeah, a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, we, we grew our motorsports out of the shop at my house in Salisbury, but recently got a new shop in Statesville. Um, and then, yes, we were adding four GMS Xfinity cars to our stable and, and you know, Hendrick Chassis cars and uh, working with them a little bit so exciting stuff that's super yeah, exciting sure. I mean, that's like the best equipment you can get i i'm sure yeah, it's... i mean you know hendrick is just a name i always thought i'd be a, a fan of i never thought i'd be involved with it so to have some hendrick chassis is pretty incredible yeah absolutely i mean i'm sure that would cost a pretty penny too in the world of motorsports it does, but, you know, with uh, GMS, these are used cars through them. So kind of the stars aligned where we could get a package deal and, Sweet. you know, justify it for a little team. Uh, you know, the equipment 
that yep. we'll have will be very good for you know our first year and trying to kind of fit in in the Xfinity series. I think I think it'll help the learning curve and, and just have better than average equipment. Um, you know, and people like GMS and Hendrick to lean on. Yeah, exactly. Now you've kind of bounced around from a different couple different series. You made some cup starts this year. Uh, going to a full-time Xfinity series ride next year or program, what kind of goals have you set for yourself? Um, you know, it's it just kind of blend in. You know, I don't want to make any news in the wrong way. And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying we're going to go out there and, and win and compete with, you know, the JR Motorsports of the world or Gibbs or stuff like that. But, uh, you know, not embarrass ourselves, kind of run that, 15th to 20th and, and then try to work our way up from there sneak some top tens and you know kind of focus on the races that we think we have a shot at stuff like for a, a smaller newer team you know the plate races maybe the road yeah. course races short track races that kind of thing and just get better you know we're, we're starting to assemble a great team of guys that uh, we don't want this to be just somebody's job and there's a lot of people that because uh, it is a long grueling schedule just look at it a paycheck, but we're, we got a great group of guys with uh, Brian Graham here full time, John Marlett coming on. That we just get along great, uh, digging the trenches with each other. We've been working it with each other for a few years, so um, just looking forward to all that, growing the team, and and hopefully we can just get a little better week after week. That, that's that's fantastic. Uh, so kind of learn a little bit more about Andy. Let's take a step back in history. How'd you get started in the racing scene? Well, my parents were race fans. My dad raced snowmobiles, just kind of a gearhead, always involved in high performance. Uh, Saturdays, we close down early afternoon on Saturdays, make our way. And really, it kind the super modified and pro stock and street stock drivers there and stars aligned and met a lot of people um only did one year weekly track at car yeah relationships play such a huge importance in the sport we we have a great relationship with a couple of smaller teams uh we've had like Vinny miller and garrett smithley and a lot of the guys were like mbm on the show and stuff like that um you know they all work their asses off in the sport because they're such a small team they don't have the resources uh, I'm, I'm sure you're doing the same thing. Like, what do you go through to, for sponsorships? Well, we're, we're very fortunate. You know, Chris Auer owns Auer Motorsports, and, um, you know, his family, Robert B. Auer company, does a lot of it. He does a lot of it out of his own pocket. Um, we've had great people that, you know, do business with him, Kate Crod Aggregates, Canto Paving, Milton Cat. Um, you know, my, my family's Rockingham boat has always helped us. Then we've got, you know, the product sponsors that help us out just to keep racing costs down and uh, racing electronics, LaJoy Seating, Leaf Racewear, you know, just just really help a team like ours go on. So um, Chris does an amazing job in giving us everything we need. You know, we got looking for help this year with the Xfinity program to grow it, um, you know, and kind of complement the deal. So we're working on that. But as of right now, I mean, you know, I think just his investments have spoken for themselves by Hendrick Chassis GMS cars and, and uh, you, you know, Collins built Hendrick Motors and 
stuff like that. You know, it, it just shows that he's he's in it. So it's a great program to be involved in, and we're we're really looking forward to it. Heck yeah! You say your family has Rockingham boats. So how involved are you with yeah. that? Not much anymore. Uh, <laughs> my my uh, family owns it up in Hampstead, New Hampshire. I moved away seven years ago. So it's crazy to think it's already been seven years. But, you know, I was more and more involved with the service department. But I had to uh, leave about 5 o'clock on Fridays to make the races in the North Carolina area when I was running the modifieds for uh, rigged racing and ideal racing. And, um, you know, it got tougher and tougher. So when I was 25... Kind of had to make a decision, get more involved in the family business or face the dream. Luckily, my family's super supportive, and my, you know, even my dad, I, I think you should go for it. Um, it's still up there in Hampton, New Hampshire. My brother's more and more involved in it. I uh, run the deal. My parents split time between there and, and down here. They're actually on a plane right now coming down to help me with the first time shootout this weekend. So I'm awesome. um, really fortunate to have their support you know no matter where i go uh, in anything i need so um lucky guy for sure that's awesome i mean nothing's more important than having that family support that's huge huge so good for you yes sir coming from the new hampshire area that's uh are you a big hunter or outdoorsman that's a very outdoorsy area Involved in racing, the less time there was for anything else. <laughs> um, you know, in the in the summertime, you know, the, the boat shop was real busy, and you're going racing, so there's not much time for anything else. And, uh, you know, the race season gets longer and longer, kind of the more you're willing to travel. So we had snowmobiles and, and, and everything else, and but you'd end the season in November at the North-South Shootout, and you'd start it in February at uh, New Smyrna Speedway, and then you got to rebuild the cars in between those months. There really wasn't a lot of time for much else. So, uh, you know, I, I'd say one thing that helped me with my success was just how serious I took it. So growing up there, as I decided this is what I wanted to do, I wanted to be successful and be serious at it, there wasn't much time for, for much else, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I don't think uh, people understand, like, what – other things you give up to chase your dreams, essentially, because, you know, a lot of people are scared to do that. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it's tough, you know, and um, tonight we're late here at the shop, and, you know, our, our race season as far as our motorsports is over, so it's not like we're uh, gearing up for any more races or anything. We're gearing up for next year, and this is, you know, the third night in a row that my wife's at home with a kid by herself between – Last night, getting ready for this weekend's North South Shootout with a modified, and this weekend just taking advantage of, of uh, Pat being in town to wire. So there's a lot of sacrifices, not on me, but just, you know, family, my wife at home taking care of stuff, and um, hopefully we get them out of the way now, so it's not too crazy later on in, in the season, so we can kind of have that sacrifice down to a minimum. But it is, it is a lot. Um, you know, now I'm older with a couple kids, it makes it harder. You know, you want to be mm-hmm. at two places at one time, but at the same time, I'm very fortunate to have the support of my wife. When I say still things like, you know, is this crazy? Should I be home more? And, um, you know, she said that she thinks it's good for our, our kids to watch, uh, having a dream, having a goal, and going after it. So, it's, you know, everybody makes sacrifices, not just 
me or the crew guys. It, it's definitely everybody around you. That's that's awesome. You're a living proof of of that. You know, that's that's great that they have that to look up to or to to as as uh, you know, I guess a goal for themselves in the future. Uh, Andy, can you share with us what um, you know? How did your relationship with Our Motorsports? How did that how did that come about? Well, I mean, first of all, I'd say just Chris Hour is just a, a pretty amazing guy. And, you know, as you kind of get to know people in the modified area, it just made the point to say hi to him. Just a real always friendly guy, great guy to talk to. And just became friends, you know, uh, acquaintances and then friends and made it a point to see him. He got an ARCA car to bring Tommy Barrett racing. Um, and then I was trying to make it happen with Brian Doza with brother-in-law motorsports at Daytona. And both of us failed to get in um, at Daytona in 2015. When 2016 rolled around, I had an ARCA car lined up for Daytona. I had a truck ride at Daytona and a modified at New Smyrna. I mean, I was going to be just having the, the most ideal speed weeks ever. And one by one, they all faded away. Oh, no. And I, I was upset i was in a bad place i was mad and i said okay i'm gonna i'm gonna be my own boss daytona was very important to me just to get the chance to race there and, and brian doza brought me there but we failed to qualify um when everybody had switched to the Ilmore spec motor we had older built motors and they just weren't up to par we didn't get in the race so i i wanted to go to daytona i i mean after winning the modified championship that was the thing that kept me up at night that was the fire that you know burned inside me and uh i remember thinking that my car was turning really well even though we were down on power but i was behind chris's car and it was getting through the turns probably even half a car length better than me so chris was getting out of racing he had sold all his modified stuff he wasn't racing and i called him to get the car and the funny thing is i didn't have any money to buy it but I had this sales pitch in my head. I'd leave your name on the car. It's just sitting, you know, race cars that sit lose their value. At least you can get your value back and, you know, advertise it on your car. Give me the car type of thing. Yeah. And by the end of the com- by the end of the conversation, I learned, you know, how much he loved racing, how much he really wanted to keep going. He had the same desire as me. And uh, next thing you know, we were hanging up the phone and he says, go find us a motor because we needed that Ilmore spec motor. And, um, you know, the rest is kind of history. It, it, it started in my shop at my house, little two-bay shop behind the house, and one car and one motor. And, you know, next thing you know, we got multiple motors, and we got two Speedway cars and two Downforce cars in Arca. And uh, as we outgrew my shop, we got this shop in Statesville, and now he's got four GMS Xfinity cars coming. I mean, it's pretty incredible from a phone call and one car in the back of my house to, to what it is now. And, you know, we're not a team that, you know, turns around and spends $2 million in a shop or anything, but year after year we kind of plug away and get some new equipment and wait for the right deals to come along, whether it's shop equipment, pit equipment, or, you know, these four GMS cars. We just kind of, kind of take our time and, uh, you know, let the stars align, and, and life's been good to us. So this year the stars have aligned big time. Uh, yeah, I would definitely definitely say so. And I definitely think it's safe to say, hey, we'll see you in Daytona this year, and you're definitely gonna probably make it. Yeah, so that's that's it's huge, man. I I am excited to hear stories about this because 
you know, at the same time that you guys are announcing this, we hear that there's some other people, um, and I'm, I'm not trying to downgrade those people, but something like a Riley Herbst or something like that who's getting rides that you kind of have to look at and say, man, are they just buying their buying their rides basically with these top tier teams? We like to we like to hear the the stories of people building themselves up from nothing. Basically, we love that. Yeah, you know, and it's funny. I think, you know, again, not to throw down on anybody or, or how they get anywhere. This this sport is uh, expensive, so mm-hmm. people do what they have to do to stay in. But um, I can tell that you know we're not alone in the people that like the underdog story. The outpouring of support is pretty incredible. Um, and the other thing is the people that appreciate a story like that, those are my kind of people, you know, if anybody, there are people that are naysayers. It's kind of funny that, uh, the people that take the social media have negative things to say right away. And I mean, I love all race fans, but at the same time, you're not my type of race fan. If you think you're going to look down on this team, a, you don't know me. You don't know what we've done in the past with what we've had. You don't know the guys surrounded me, and uh, it'll make me feel that much better when, you know, you're talking about me again, but, like, where did he come from? And we've been there with the ARCA series. Nobody thought we belonged, and uh, we finished second at Talladega one time, and I remember people in tech thinking we were the random, that we, we didn't earn our way in. And who I love hearing who's that. Yeah. You know, that, that's good stuff, so. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll be looking to do the same. I know we got an uphill battle. I know it's going to be 10 times harder than the ARCA series to, to do something like that. But, you know, I think we're plenty capable of it. we got plenty of heart here. Yeah, a- absolutely. And one thing that we've, I guess, has kind of become our niche on this podcast is the smaller teams, the, te- the underdog story. I mean, that's, I, like I said earlier, we built a relationship with a lot of these smaller teams because we've had them on the show many times because we try to give them the time of day because other programs don't, don't necessarily do that. And nothing speaks more truer to what this sport was founded on than the smaller teams build themselves up to try to be competitive. Exactly. And I think it's, it's honestly one thing that makes our sport great. Um, you know, the smaller teams, unfortunately, don't always get the same press and, and a lot of that kind of, you know, feeds into whether you get a sponsor or things like that. But uh, the Xfinity Series is pretty neat right now. There is a lot of smaller teams making waves. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so many people that can justify the $7 million a year in, in budgets like that. So to watch kind of the tail end of maybe that type of teams and then the front end of the smaller teams, I mean, they're racing against each other. Those guys are showing, and, um, you know, they're doing it with left tires and not quite the horsepower and things like that. But it's because, you know, the the underdog crew guys just working a little bit harder, working a little bit later, and, you know, that's what we're going to have to do. Yeah, and I would, I'm would i willing to bet that someone on your team is probably going to be working double the effort than someone on, like, a Joe Gibbs car. Uh, just because they have to, they have to take on multiple roles and, and stay those late nights to do, you know, tires and then something else. And then it's always doing one thing and then something else to make the team succeed. So again, well, I mean, you deserve props for what you're going through. Exactly. Right. Like I said, right now, every person that's on our team is in our shop working on the new construction. 
you know, our tire guy is our electrician right now. Mm. Um, so not only on the race car, but just in the organization from top to bottom, uh, to get to Charlotte earlier this year, you know, the day we, we had to be at Charlotte, we were here till 5 a.m. That, that's a long day. Yeah. When you start at 7 a.m. And I think had any one of us quit, it probably would have just absolutely un, just unraveled, you know? But nobody quit just because everybody had each other's back. You know, we could see the exhaustion on everybody's face. We had a great run. You know, we were a little bit behind. It's not something we want to do every week, but circumstances put us behind. We had two teams to get ready for that weekend, a brand-new car to finish, and uh, everybody had everybody's back. So, you know, that you know, there's nothing wrong with a Gibbs organization having the, the organized schedule and being ahead of time and, and leaving at 5 o'clock. I mean, that's something that they should be proud of and, and impressed with, but, uh, you know, we're just not there yet, and maybe someday. So I'm I'm very proud of what our guys push through to be able to run with those people. Absolutely, um, Andy. Can you tell us, you know, with, with having four chassis and getting those ready for 2020, what does that look like now until we get to Daytona? I mean, is that try to give our listeners like a I guess a paint a picture? Is that 80 hours, 100 hours? I mean, do you guys ever reach a point where you can? kind of back off the, the, the gas a little bit and, 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 you know, take some time for yourselves? Or what's that look like between now and, and Daytona having to get those four chassis ready? Um, you know, quite honestly, it, it's just a decision you, you have to make. Like, okay, we're going to be here six days a week, 10-hour days minimum. So that's 60 hours. Um, I've got just under an hour to move one way. So there's 72 hours I'm gone from my house, mm. you know, a week and that's the that's the minimum and that so that you don't get behind and you know maybe you don't feel the pressure right now but when we leave for daytona and we're going to do the arthur race and the xfinity race so when we leave for the arthur race first week in february we have to have our arca speedway car done our xfinity speedway car done and then two downforce cars done done complete scaled set up in the, you know, ready to go. We'll go to Daytona with the Arca race. We'll come back. We will load up our speedway car in a backup car. We will go to Daytona. We'll have in a little trailer, our second downforce car after Daytona Xfinity race. We'll put the speedway car in the little trailer, take the car that was out of there, put it in the big trailer. It will head West because the next race is Vegas. We'll head back to the shop in Stateville pull the motor out of the speedway car, get it to the engine builder because we can change the cam so you can run that speedway motor at a mile and a half, um, load stuff into the little trailer, and drive the little trailer west to meet the big hauler. Wow, you know, those amazing. first few weeks, those first few weeks are some of the toughest. So you got to stock up and all that. You basically have to have your first five races done. Um, we'll do Daytona. We'll go out west. We'll run the same car at Vegas in California, ideally. We will have the second car there just in case. Then we will run a, the backup car at Phoenix, a little bit more of a smaller track. I don't want to call it a short track. It's a mile, but you'll have brake ducts and other stuff, which if anything arrives, those truck cars can be switched out. Um, brake ducts are easy enough to switch back and forth, but we'll be changing valve sprints out there You know, if we run that motor twice. 
And then the same thing when we go to Atlanta. You know, that when the truck's heading back east, there's not going to be too much downtime at the shop. But we got to be ready for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. After Atlanta, even though there's a race to fall leak, at least we're home. We're at our shop. So those first first four or five weeks are, are some of the hardest in the schedule. Um, you know, but that's all stuff we're working on right now, you know, three, four months in advance. That's a that's lot. Awesome. Of, that's a logistic nightmare. Yeah. Almost that takes a lot of planning. Yeah, and I think a lot of fans probably that goes kind of out of sight, out of mind, right? A lot of fans probably don't think about that. That's just amazing, the work that goes into yeah, just it, the logistics. It, it, yeah, there's a huge amount of logistics. I'm sure it'll change several times between now and then. I mean, it gets kind of complicated. We literally have to write it down. There's a flow chart. Okay, this will be done. Because some of the things that we'll have between the two fires um, or the two even series, like, you know, there's only so many fire bottles because that's kind of a, you know, it's a uh, perishable item that expires. So you take those in and out of the cars. We only have one cool box for the longer races. That, you know, goes in and out of the cars and, and different things there. So there's certain things you have to know, okay, you know, when one car comes out of one trailer and into the other to head west, you want to make sure that everything is out of that car that's heading back to the shop that you're going to need at the racetrack. So a little team like us that has to use some of the same equipment, you know, you just got to make sure you have every little detail figured out. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about Andy, the driver real quick. So what do you, what do you do to get ready for each race? Do you do any kind of iRacing or what kind of prep do you go through? So this is kind of a, uh, funny part because a lot of people ask me that um i've never been on iRacing i have an iRacing thing uh you know a simulator that uh i just got down to north carolina a friend of mine david riendo built it for me i'm a little bit too hands-on in the team to really find the time i need to so um i do my research i talk to people that have run those tracks and, and those series before if it's something new for me um try to be a little bit healthier try to get to the gym i need to probably start focusing on my body a little bit more getting into these longer races and the grueling deals uh, i've always been able to just kind of get by working on the cars more than anything but uh the big joke is is basically uh, i prep with ice coffee and gas station hot dogs <laughs> you know that's, that's what i do and um, but I'll probably have to look into getting a little bit better as, you know, I'm lucky these, these opportunities come up. <laughs> hey, at least you, at least you're honest. That's funny. Uh, what's been the yep. most, what's been the most memorable moment of your racing career so far? You know, it's funny. I put up a post, uh, after the announcement and basically the idea of the Facebook post. And I said this at the NASCAR Hall of Fame is, I'm so lucky how many times I've used the term, this is a dream come true. And it's a hundred percent honest. I just thought if I made it to street stocks at star speedway, that was my dream come true. You know, the first time that a little kid ran up to me at star speedway at an autograph session on the front stretch and said, you're my favorite driver. I mean, that hit me like a ton of bricks because I was that kid running up to people saying yeah. that. I mean, you know, uh, 
everything after that moment has been a bonus. Um, there's a lot of small memories. I mean, I won the championship in 2014 on the NASCAR wheel and Southern Modified Tour and asked my wife to marry me in championship victory lane. Wow, that was pretty that's incredible. Cool. Day. That's that was a pretty incredible day. You know, I won the North-South shootout in 16 with my three-month-old son there. That was pretty incredible. I won Lee Oktoberfest, which is another one of my home tracks, uh, on Make-A-Wish night, which my mom organized, and we had a ton of kids for Make-A-Wish there. Like, that that was pretty incredible. And making it to Daytona, making a cup start at my home track. I mean, it's all, all pretty incredible. I'm a pretty fortunate guy. Yeah, I love that that you keep hitting these little milestones for yourself. That's amazing. That's that's wonderful, man. Nothing but respect yeah, for I, someone in your position. That's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Uh, we do have a few more questions for you. We kind of get into it. Every time we have a driver on the show, we kind of ask some fun questions. At least we think they're fun. You might think they're stupid. <laughs> so if that's the case, I apologize in advance. That's <laughs> uh, all right. We'll have to. <laughs> if you can participate in any game show, what would it be? Well, I don't know. I don't. So this is maybe that shows how sheltered us racers are. <laughs> I don't know what game shows are out there. Uh, maybe. I mean, remember watching Who Wants to Be a Millionaire years ago? Is that even on TV anymore? Uh, well, I think it is. I honestly don't know either. I don't watch game shows, so I don't know. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's, there's definitely there's none that I have my heart set on. We'll say that. <laughs> okay, uh, Talladega Nights or Days of Thunder? Ooh, I, I like them both. Um, you know, they both have their place. We're getting a little bit too critical. Like, oh, this is a, you know, listen, they're both great racing. Um, definitely, definitely, Days of Thunder still pumps me up. I don't know how many hundreds times. I've watched it. I love it. You know, some people don't like it for certain reasons, this or that. I mean, I even got the soundtrack downloaded. It pumps me up. So I'd have to say I'd lean toward Dates of Thunder, but I can appreciate good Talladega Night stuff too. Yeah, and I don't know how people don't watch Days of Thunder and not get excited. I mean, it gets blood flowing. That is like... So Lugs and I, we grew up, you know, uh, as really young kids together you know, all through our life. And how many times in conversation, Lugs, did Days of Thunder make a reference or come up in our life? Oh, yeah. Like, once a week. <laughs> that, yeah, was our, that was our anthem as, as a child, was Days of Thunder. Uh, it was fascinating. Now, my, my favorite racing movie is Last American Hero, and not everybody knows about that one. Hmm. I don't, I'm not for sure if I, I ever even heard do, of it. No. Yeah. So tell uh, us about gonna, it. You're gonna have, you probably have to go get it online. You're not gonna find it anywhere else. But it's, uh, it's a classic, and I won't give anything else away. You're just gonna have to watch it. <laughs> All right. Okay. We got homework from Andy Seuss. <laughs> that's that's good. Um, we had Landon Castle on one time, and he mentioned a movie. I don't think it was that one. It was one we never heard of before either. Uh, I'll have to go you back. Know, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Okay. Uh, so what is your dream car? Um, I mean, right now, yeah, my, right yeah. now my, yeah. my Greek has, of course, I'm a car guy, so I mean, yeah. it, it goes and fits. Okay. I have a 1969 C10, which I bought oh. for $900 Holy in crap. the store. Wow. And, um, 
Well, it's currently for sale. It, it's a lot nicer than it was. It, it's a nice truck, but my dream car right now would be like an early 80s Chevy square body, four-door wedge body ramp truck. And Interesting. I don't know why. Uh, you know, we move these cars around a lot with open trailer um, and, and different things. I just thought that'd be a neat, fun way. I like old cars. I like weird things. It doesn't even have to be mint. It could be beat up. Hmm. Just like old school racer. Um, and the other thing is I have I have the 69 pickup. I have an 85 pickup that's very nice and restored. But I can't, now that I have kids, we can't all go as a family. So I figured if I got something with four seats, we could all go. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. you know, maybe other people want Chevelles or Bel Airs and stuff like that with four seats. And But I'm, I'm a strange person. So that's, that's my current dream car. Okay, that is very interesting. I, I actually like it. Uh, your 85 uh, truck, is that a Chevy as well? Yeah, 85, short bed, it's lowered. It's, it's a pretty sharp truck. Okay, so that, for the ones who don't know, that to me is the best era of Chevy trucks. The only thing to me that might rival that would be the mid-90s Z71 maybe. But I Yeah, those were beautiful. Yeah, so I, I'm a Chevy guy. I, I used to work for General Motors back in the day. I just I love I love those Chevy trucks. So I'm with you on that. I feel you. That's nice. So I will give you fifteen hundred dollars for your C ten. A month? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking it you want more I than do, that. I do installments. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so how much for our fans that are listening to the show or will be listening to the show here a little bit? How much do you want for that? So maybe in case they're interested in buying it then. Um, I started it at, at, at ten five. Um, it's a beautiful truck, long bed. It's a beautiful driver. It's not a show truck. It's long bed, straight six, three speed, but just solid as a rock, beautiful paint, uh, straight as an arrow, nice. clean running, fun, fun driving truck. All right. Yeah, I've, my, a goal of mine is to take an old Chevy truck and and re, and fix it up and restore it. So that is that is a dream of mine. So I would like to buy a dump of one and restore it all myself, not buy one that's already been restored. That that's how we did this, and me and my dad did a lot of work. I actually bar, bartered some uh, boat work for body work uh, in, up in New Hampshire, and um, you know just picked away at it over the years. So it's been fun, but like I said, I kind of um. I want to do that ramp truck. I want to have something that my family can drive because, you know, I mean, even me and my wife don't get to take rides much anymore. You know, we're not going to leave the kids behind or things like that. So time to, uh, I'm not never going to buy a minivan or anything like that for my family, but I'd, I'd buy a four-door Chevy square body ramp truck. <laughs> I think that's a better choice anyway. Um, let's see. Uh, what is your biggest fear? You know what's funny is um, they asked us that for the ARCA interviews one time they had on on TV and you know I'm a little bit older for the uh, for the ARCA drivers and stuff which I'm proud of you know I made made a little career out of this and so they're asking us our fears and some people got you know spiders and and this and that and they all laughed at me because my biggest fear is not having the race car done. Mm, yeah. I thought that that's like the most I thought it was rational. Here we are at a racetrack talking racing. I mean that that's a fear. <laughs> Yeah. I'm very fortunate we've never failed to get a car complete and at a racetrack and, and get it there competitive. So, uh, but it's a fear. It keeps me up at night. Yeah, it, it, that creates the long hours that you talk about. But that's um, 
And, and that's a good fear to have, though. I mean, it's not like it's something dumb like spiders or something. That actually makes sense. And, uh, I mean, if your whole goal is to be competitive, obviously that's a fear you should actually have. Yeah, my, my wife picks on me because she says if, if something's bothering me, she doesn't even know why I come to bed because I don't sleep. <laughs> and when I don't sleep, it keeps her awake. And she'll just hit me at 2 a.m. and say, just go back to work if it's bothering you that much. And I could do that when the shop was at my house, but now that's 45 minutes away, it's a little harder. <laughs> yeah, when it's at your house, you can just roam out there in your underwear and work on your car. It ain't like nobody else is going to see I would be lying if I said I hadn't done a few <laughs> things like that before where, you know, you, you don't want to forget something or I got to do this, I got to do that, or let me go try this. I mean, I, I've been out there and thrown the lights on in the middle of the night a few times. <laughs> and probably drank a few beers, right? I'm not good at that, so I don't do much of that. Oh, mm-hmm. man, that's mm-hmm. actually my next question. I was going to ask you what your favorite beer was. I mean, I'll... I've, I've stumbled upon uh, Miller Lite. I've actually uh, liked that. You know, we grew up in New Hampshire for whatever reason. Bud Light is what everybody drinks. Um, I like Wine and Kugel. I like like a, a lemon shandy. But I'm the kind of guy I can drink half a beer after a long day. You know, sweating and and, and be satisfied and pour it out. Because uh, I'm junk after after too many, and I, you don't have time to be hung over in a sport like this yeah true um i put a lot of pressure on myself every event every day in the shop uh i get anxiety if i don't think i got enough done so it's one of those things that if i can't perform my best i i get upset at myself so i don't really do that much anymore um but i like i said i'm i'm a solid half a beer and i and, and i'm you know my thirst is quenched all right. Hey, that's that's responsible. That's good. Uh, let's see. What's your favorite racetrack? You know, there, there's a bunch for different reasons. I, I love my home track at Star Speedway. Um, I love going to Bristol in the Modified. Going to Daytona was just, you know, such a goal. Such just such a huge uh, inner peace to to go there, qualify, and all that. But I think my favorite racetrack is kind of sad because it just got sold and it's not going to be a racetrack anymore, unfortunately, is Concord Motorsports Park. And um, like I said, I was fortunate to win the North Star Shootout there in 2016. It just separates the men from the boys. It's a, it's a really badass track, for lack of a better term. Fast, technical, bumpy, worn out. Um, it's a triangle for people that don't know. It's got a dog leg on the back stretch. Three very different turns. Um, I'm glad that I got the win before while it was still there, and I'm very sad that that it won't be around anymore. That's unfortunate. Are they announced what they're going to do with it? Is it going to be like a just some some kind of like a place for concerts or something? Copart bought it, and so it's going to be a junkyard, literally. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's unfortunate. You think of all the land, and, you know, I mean, it's not in a heavily populated area, so you'd think there'd be land in other places, but, uh, you know, unfortunately that was for sale, and that's where they decided they needed to put a junkyard. Man, that is a shame. Well, sorry to hear that. That sucks. Um. 
Well, like I said, I'm just glad I got the win there while it was open. Hell yeah! I, of course, any win's great, but if it's that track you really respect and like, it's it's huge. Uh, exactly. So, last question for you: What's your favorite city to visit? Hampstead, New Hampshire. I like <laughs> to go home. Okay. How often do you get to go home? Uh, a few times a year. You know, it, it depends. Uh, obviously, we we race at Loudon twice a year with the modified. We'll be there with the Xfinity car next year. So try to make a trip out of it there. Um, try to get home for holidays. As the kids are getting older, you know, we, we try to do holidays really at, at their home, you know, down in North Carolina now. So that's kind of changed. But still a few times a year. Um, I'm, I'm Just our pace and, and what we do, it's nice to relax, you know. Um, in the past, I, I've loved visiting Nashville. Me and my wife had a, a great trip out there. Um, you know, I, I like going to say Daytona cause it's Daytona. I like going to Disney world, but you know, I've been fortunate to travel a lot everywhere we go. We try to do say an extra day, a lot of trips, um, especially if the family goes to just do something neat in an area you don't know if you'll get back to. But at the end of the day, I love home. I love, uh, the state of New Hampshire. You know, I grew up 30 minutes from the coast and 45 minutes from the mountains and there's a ton to do and family's there and friends are there. So, uh, I always look forward to going back. Hmm. That's, that's a great answer. I've never been in the Northeast, but man, when, I'm just dying, dying to go up there to Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine, just to see the whole Northeast. It, it is beautiful. There's some great racing up there. You know, I think it'd be worth it. You guys, uh, Get up to Loudon, watch the modified race at Loudon first and foremost. But, you know, hit up Thompson, Connecticut on your way through. Hit up Star Speedway and uh, then go out to the beach, try the seafood. You know, when I go home, I, I've got pretty much every meal figured out when I go home. Nice. To get some of that home cooking and, there you go. and stuff and just get back to that kind of thing. So it, it's a great area. Um, you know, you go to the mountains, you do the Cog Railway, which is a neat old locomotive goes to the top of mount washington the tallest peak in new england so uh you guys get up there you just ask me i'll tell you where to go all right, all right. yeah we'll hold you to that uh, andy it's been man it's been a really pleasure I, I know our fans are gonna love this interview we appreciate you taking the time with us and uh and i mean just go out and kick ass next year you know you got fans here uh we're gonna be backing you 100 percent, and we'll make sure our fans start backing as well and i think there's good things on the horizon for you guys well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. You have a great night, and I'm hopefully we'll talk to you again soon in the future. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Okay, that's Andy. You know, again, a, a small team guy doing everything he can for success. I don't understand why people give these small teams shit all the time. How do you, as a race fan, do you not respect someone who lives, breathes, sweats, gets blood everywhere for mm-hmm. the sport? Mm-hmm. So anyway, good interview. Thanks for calling in, Andy. We really appreciate it. So now let's go on to our fantasy points. All right. Fantasy points. All right. As we all know, Kevin Harvick won this weekend at Texas. Uh, let's see, Gasman, who did you have for picks this week? You had Truex and Logano. Yep. You earned 70 points this week. Ooh, not too bad. I had the race winner. Good for me. And Hamlin, bad for me. <laughs> 64 <laughs> points earned. 
Uh, Jeff Stainhook had Hamlin and Truex earning 40 points. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Such a dick. I know. Uh, let's see. Joseph Adams had the same exact same picks. Hamlin and Truex, 40 points. You guys did not gain any ground this weekend. John Elliott had Kurt Busch and William Byron. Interesting picks. He outpointed both Jeff Stainhook and Joseph Adams. Earns 53 points this week. And Daniel Cameron had Kevin Harvick and Kurt Busch. He actually is our one of our top earners points-wise. He has 87 points He better this not have passed me back. I'm going to go to Scotland and whoop his ass. <laughs> 87 points there. And then Eddie Greer had Denny Hamlin and Kyle Larson earning 49 points. And Jessica Mueller had her usual two, Harvick and Kyle Busch, bringing home 93 points. Damn it. Really? 93? Yeah. You suck, Jessica. So, point standings updated. Obviously, Jessica is going to retain the lead because she had the most points earned this weekend. She has 2,394 points. Gas man, you leaped a couple of people here. What uh, moved up to second? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Did, are you are you screaming me right now? No. Oh my god, I just got excited all of a sudden. <laughs> Two thousand three hundred and twenty-three points. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Say, I mean, right, I'm writing this down so I can take a picture on my paper. I will. And... I will post it. I posted it last week. To both Twitter and Facebook. No. <laughs> just Facebook. Could you post it both yeah, places? Yeah, I'll do it to I... both. Okay, awesome. Uh, woo woo! Take that, J A and J S. Woo! You got an eight point lead, man. <laughs> yeah. <You're... laughs> I'm just excited. Man. I'm back in second. I was fifth like two weeks ago. Uh, Jeff Stainhook. Ah, excuse me. Third place, two thousand three hundred and fifteen. Joseph Adams in fourth, two thousand three hundred and thirteen. So only two points back, and then. One point back to Daniel Cameron, twenty three twelve. You guys are that's tight. Yeah, that second place is basically tight. like ten, eleven, twelve points between second and fifth place. So wow. you, you guys are that's that's fun. You better really think about your picks yeah, this weekend, this is boys. Fun. This really is fun. do your homework now. Somehow we can take a a ball bat to Jessica's knees and stop her <laughs> and surpass her. Yeah, Nancy Kerrigan style. <laughs> Uh, I am in sixth place, 2,183 points. John Elliott is in seventh with 2,048, and Eddie Greer is 2,023 points in eighth. Uh, I will give you your total points back from the lead, so you know what kind of Hail Mary you need to make in these last <laughs> two races. How about that, folks? Uh, Gasman, you need to make up 71 points oh, God. to catch Jessica Mueller. Jeff Stainhook, you need to make up 79 points. Uh, Joseph Adams, you need to make up 81 points. Daniel Cameron, 82 points. I got to make up 211. I don't think that's going to happen in two races. John Elliott needs to make up 346, and Eddie Greer needs to make up 371 points. It's really just a battle between me, John, and Eddie for sixth at this point. I don't think we're going to catch you guys, but... You guys mathematically That's, are still in it. We're still in it, but you know, I would say we're realistically we're probably fighting for second. But it's a nice battle for second. Yeah, and I just want to let them know I'm gonna whoop their ass. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I don't really have a clue. Um, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I have a feeling Phoenix is gonna be crazy this weekend. So, <sighs> I I can't wait to see what the outcome is. I hope I get this. I hope I get to just take it all in in Mexico. With a margarita in my hand. But uh, with that being said, 
since you outpointed me, I'm going to make my picks first this week <laughs> That's again. That's why, because I don't even have, I have no idea. I'm, I'm going to go two boys on the outside of the cut line that are going to throw Hail Mary strategy-wise and have super fast cars. And they also did well in the spring. Going Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney. Hmm. Those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. All right. Who you got? So thinking about, I'm actually going to take one of your drivers. I'm taking Hamlin. Uh, just because he is like, I mean, he's been so strong this season. Except and, Texas. Well, yeah, but he's on his, you know, he's looking to find his way in because he's on the outside looking in that he's mm-hmm. got to do something. And the other is I'm going to go with the hot hand Harvick. Okay. Yep. Solid pick there. He's got like eight, nine wins, I think. Yeah. All right. So I'm going win. for the win, boys. You, pick, you took my picks from last week, basically. All right, folks, so do your homework. Make some very delicate picks because you need them. Uh, but you can do it. I mean, uh, what's the maximum points you can earn uh, in one race? It's like 115, I think. The winner getting like 60 if they win all the stages, and then the second place is right there with them. Yeah, I would say probably right around 120. 120 points. Pretty close to it, yeah. 115, so, 120. So you guys two races, technically, yeah. You guys could definitely do it. You just are going to have to strategize and really look. Strategic. Analyze the data. Go back and look and see who won the spring stages. And I'll tell you right now, it was Kyle Busch and Ryan Blaney. Mm, that's back when Kyle Busch was actually doing something. <laughs> yeah, he's saying he's <laughs> not going to do something. This I'm just saying he hasn't shown much in several months. So. He finished... Take top, that, Bush fans. Top five on this week, didn't he? Or top ten, at least. Top fives don't matter anymore. We're in the championship race, Bush. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Lugs, anything else you want to add? Um, I think that's about all I've got, man. I know uh, we've been rambling a lot. Anyway, fantasy, fantasy players. Oh, yeah, I did post something on oh, our uh, Facebook page. Did you see uh, it was a picture of Danny DeVito? Oh, the yeah, steering wheel. the iRacing thing? Yeah. Do you know who that was aimed at? I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, go check that out. It's pretty comical. It's a, a post by iRacing, and it says green flag waves, and then it has a picture of, of Danny DeVito holding a steering wheel. It says, so anyways, I started accelerating, which is basically what gas man, every gas man's iRacing story starts out of before he talks about... <laughs> crashing or plowing into something or taking the wall down. So I just thought it was fitting. All right. I'll let you be now. Anyway, folks, wrecking at gmail.com. Reach out and say, Hey, if you're a fantasy player, please email me your address. I can send you a couple of koozies, stuff like that. Other stuff for the, uh, for the show and for participating in our fantasy league this year. And, um, once we figure out who a winner is going to be, we're going to get a trophy made up probably with their name on it and get it sent to them. Um, so don't expect that as soon as you win because we'll have to get it made. Si, senor. So anyway, folks, uh, we will talk to you on Friday. Oh, yeah. Next I guess week. we should probably talk about that real quick. Yeah. Uh, with me being out of town, out of country. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that too. Uh, our next recording will not be next Wednesday, unfortunately. We will recap phoenix on friday november the 15th so you're just gonna have to wait two extra days next week yes yes and then the week after that i'm like immediately after homestead i'm flying out 
for work uh, out of the country. Um, so we're still trying to work out the logistics on that exactly and what's going to happen. Um, so we'll try to keep you updated. The Romanian sex parties don't count as work, gas man. All right. The what? Romanian sex Romanian parties sex you're going parties. to. I prefer like Amsterdamian <laughs> sex parties. <laughs> Maybe you just, just hit up Daniel Cameron. Maybe he'll meet you somewhere. <laughs> I like to... Uh, um, are you implying that Daniel enjoys those too? That's no, very, I'm just saying he's, very... he's going to be on the same continent. Yes. Okay. I don't think they're close together though. <laughs> <No>. But... <laughs> Well, he's all over the place. I mean, who knows? But hey, Daniel, if you happen to be in Bologna, Italy, between the dates of November 19th and December 14th, hit me up. We'll meet up and have a, to a pub. Seems like every week Bruce he sends together. us his, his picks. He's in a different freaking country. Yeah, he, I know, right? So yeah, I wouldn't exactly. put it past him. Anyway, folks, good talking to you, and we'll talk to you next week. And the check and flag waves on this episode. Tune in next week to keep updated on all things NASCAR. Please like us on iTunes and follow us on Podbean. We'd like to hear from you, so reach out to us too at wreckingandracing at gmail.com. Thanks again and see you soon.